and where actually I was living uh, a nightmare because a fireball had ignited my clothes. So I was on, um, I realized I was on fire. On this episode, we hear from a burn survivor who shares her harrowing experience of being caught in a buffet explosion at a French restaurant where she suffered burns to her thighs and hands, triggering trauma and PTSD. From her hospital experience to the lack of knowledge on trauma healing, she talks candidly about her journey to recovery and how she turned her experience into a positive message to others with insights on the importance of awareness, self-acceptance and self-love. This episode is a powerful reminder of the human capacity to overcome adversity. Episode 103, Stephanie Romero. Welcome to One Moment Please, the podcast where our guests take a moment to tell their stories of how they've overcome adversity to achieve success, and you take a moment to tune in. So bring on the inspiration. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. Thank you. We were just laughing about getting Botox and facelifts. So um, I think this is going to be an enjoyable, <laughs> enjoyable podcast, although it's a, quite a serious topic that we're talking about because you're a burn survivor. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. 15 years ago, 13 years ago. Mm, actually, that was eight years ago because it happened in 2015, okay. in the summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I want to get into the story, but tell me before we do talk about the event of um, when you got burned, explain to me what life was like beforehand because you were working in operating theatres. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. I was a sales rep for a company who sells um, bone implants, like uh, for hip replacement, things like that. So I used to spend my time with uh, in operating rooms and um, going from hospitals to from one hospital to another hospital. So a lot on the road. I was having an enjoyable life and um, being free and uh, and things were going pretty well actually. I mean, I had never been to the to except for my job, like, and except for my, uh, for a C-section for my son, for my, who is in Australia right now, actually. I, um, you said he's picking and... fruit. We need all the fruit pickers we can get. So thank you to your son. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, so he, I, I, I had never been to like, uh, I had never been a patient really in a hospital and, um, so I was ha- happy and healthy and free. And uh, yes, I would say that uh, what was uh, my life was like, uh, I am, I am, I am um, light and, uh, and uh, see things in a positive way in general. So that was uh, me before the accident. And, um, and uh, until that day, which, uh, should I should I tell about the do you want me to tell about the accident? Sure, sure. Mm. So I was at a restaurant with a friend, and uh, when we it was a it was in a, a restaurant who which sits on a beautiful beach in France in France, sorry, and with a nice uh, background with uh, with uh, the ocean and 
the day was really sunny and hot. Uh, it was uh, during the summer and a lot, of, a lot of people were on vacation. So the atmosphere in the restaurant, which was an outdoor restaurant, was very relaxed and, uh, and uh, everybody was uh, enjoying their time. And I went to get some food at the buffet. And when I, I, I remember this man who, who wanted me, who invited me to take his place, like, you go first, you know. You know. And, um, and finally, as I approached the buffet, the buffet exploded in front of me. And so I remember seeing the, 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 it was like in slow motion, the trays, the metal trays up in the air and, uh, and this, this, the smoke and the, the boom and, and I felt some projections on, the, on my body and especially on my thighs. Uh, I was wearing some kind of shorts and, and uh, that's my, my brain was telling me like, it's, nothing is going wrong everything is okay it's really really cold like what the sensation that I was feeling like but then I looked at my thighs there were stains on my um, thighs actually they were they were getting burned and because of this I did not know what it was but the I remember this uh, this weird impression of not catching up with reality and uh, the weird thing is having all these thoughts while in a in the in uh, a nanosecond actually everything happens so fast but you have so much time to think about all these things like even uh, uh, no nothing is wrong um, later in the afternoon I will go to the beach probably it's so and where actually I was living uh, a nightmare because a fireball had ignited my clothes so I was on um, I realized I was on fire and uh, so I tried to to extinguish the fire with my hands and that's how that's how I burned my both hands and arms and stomach and we finally it didn't work so we finally took off my clothes and uh, I st stood there in front of customers and my shorts were actually soaked with the chemicals so burning me so that was like that was um that was just, just an uh, a nightmare that like uh, arrived uh, that uh, arrived like suddenly in, uh, in just your life changing in a, in, a, in a split of a second. Um, I remember also what uh, that was so scary also, and I was uh, uh, triggered a long time by the scream that I uh, that I had when uh, I got burned when I felt the projection of my body. This scream from a, a voice that I didn't know from somewhere else that was uh, that was really scary because after the after the, this event I suffered from depression and PTSD like post-traumatic uh, stress disorder and uh, I went to a very dark place and I thought I would never be happy again and because of what I knew because of uh, because of um, because I knew how much uh, uh, humans, can suffer physically, what, and it's, it's indescribable. And uh, I'm not even talking about the, during the accident, I suffered tremendously, but I couldn't expect or imagine that I could suffer even more. And I suffered even more at the hospital, actually, mm. in the, while, I, while I was in the hospital. So when, when you were um, at the buffet, how did the buffet explode? 
Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it was the misuse of the, so because the, the, the weight was keeping kept hot, the buffet was kept hot, the dishes were hot by some liquid fuel. Usually, we don't use that anymore. It's electrical or it's some kind of past or, but they were using some liquid fuel and they refueled, um, the, the waiter refueled was not trained properly, probably, or anyway, that's not, um, what happened is that he refueled the cups and it exploded. And it's, you should never do that when it's hot, when uh, it has always, uh, it's, uh, when it's, while it's functioning, you should use like cold cups or, but even the process, it's not recommended to use this kind of process. So, but that's what, that was, um, that's what happened. And uh, what uh, contributed to the trauma actually is that, I was uh, the only person hit by the, the explosion, whereas everything like came into my direction, whereas there were people around the buffet. And of course, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, um, uh, I'm happy that only one person was hit. But of course, you ask yourself, like, why me? And uh, <laughs> especially because, um, because of a personal story and uh, because, of my, because my dad, had died years before in the crash of his plane and uh, he was trapped in his plane when he crashed and uh, he, he couldn't get out of the plane that caught fire. So he was trapped by the flames and he died with the flames. So I had never really thought about how much pain he had been through, but knowing, knowing that, because I knew it now, I couldn't, um, that was like too much to take on. Like, why me? Why? Why do I know? Do why do I do I have to know that? Um, and um, that's why I, it felt that my life was over. Like the, I was talking about being light and lighthearted and uh, and uh, enjoying uh, driving on the because I said that I was a lot driving my car and I one of my pleasure is to drive with the windows. Uh, down so that like the wind is in the in the car with the music on and you're like I'm free and I'm going from this place to another and all this all of a sudden I was uh, I was so in uh, of course there was the hospital part and re-education but then uh, there was the being compressed in uh, and uh, imprisoned in compressive garments that you have to wear 24 hours a day. So my hands and my body until my knees. And so that was, uh, you feel isolated because you can't touch the things, you can't do the, whatever you want, you need to do. And, uh, yeah. and from a, a life where you are free, then you are stuck in your apartment, isolated. Yeah. yeah. When I was reading your story, you mentioned that part of the um, trauma of the event was not just the fact that you were being burnt. Your friend had to rip your shirt off you. You had to take your, mm -hmm. your, your shorts off you, your in jeans shorts, because they were burning you. So effectively, mm -hmm. you were standing naked in the restaurant with people looking at you while you were, had been burnt. And then yeah, patrons, yeah, patrons yeah. were walking past you while they were hosing you off out the front. Yes, I, I had, uh, they, unfortunately, I kept like one piece of clothes 
Um, and um, but that's like the worst nightmare that we can have. I, mean, I don't know if you have had this nightmare before, like you're going through naked from uh, uh, in the middle of a of a of a school, you know, when you're a kid. I don't know what I had this nightmare, like oh, you are like naked in front of all these kids, and uh, people are looking at you. And this is what um, this is what happened. Well, I almost. And it and as I said, it's it seems it, it's. Um, it goes very fast, obviously, for all of, all of our people. There were probably because there were some fire to extinguish, like the cushions, some, some at some places. I, I haven't seen it. I was so concentrated on the on the of, of what on what I was seeing. Like I thought that my hands, I would never use them again because it was like a, it was just so horrible. I was, and I had to take yes, I had to take my shorts down off actually because I understood that nobody would take it. To do, do this like uh, this um, gesture? Do you say that? Like uh, to take it's mm -hmm. it's weird to you know you can imagine take a shorts someone's shorts off or down or and so I understood that I had to do it myself. But I knew how hard it was to get into these shorts, you know. <laughs> so, and I thought I would uh, lose my hands. And I thought about all this uh, uh, when I was working in the operating, operating rooms. We, I used to sell like bone implants for um, joints, uh, for uh, fingers. And like, I, it's, it was like, it, it, okay, I'm, maybe I'm disgracing here, but I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was um, I thought I would uh, never use my hands again, but I would tear my, my flesh out of my hands because there was no skin on my hands as they were burned. But I'm okay now, actually. So when you're sitting out the front of the restaurant, getting hosed down, seeing your injuries as well, mm. what was that, like, what was your friend doing? And what was the hospital? Or what was the, what was the restaurant doing? Cause imagine you're waiting there for an ambulance to come. Yes, exactly, and it seemed to be to take ages or again, um, and uh, so my friend was uh, uh, was handling the hose, and they covered me with a uh, with uh, some kind of how do you call it like uh, you know to a to blanket or something. Dishes. Yes, like to yes to uh, to dry the dishes. You know. This oh, kind of, uh, okay. Tita. <laughs> Yes, we were in a restaurant actually, so we used what we had. And uh, I I remember that I was so in so much pain that I couldn't or shock or I didn't even know if my face was uh, I had if my face was okay. I didn't know if I if I had been burned or not. I couldn't feel. I don't know. I think I was so much in pain everywhere. But actually, the water it helped a lot because I know that it helped because when they stopped the water. And then when they took me in the in the in the ambulance, ambulance mm -hmm. that was just that was just so crazy the pain that I had at this moment, and I had to wait, and because they were not equipped, we didn't so they, there was no medication at this moment, and I had to wait. I know they were settling the things. They were I don't know what were they were doing. They were doing their best, of course. I guess. Um, but the, the 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 ambulance wasn't equipped for this kind of burns because I'm pretty. There was um, 
the patches I know I remember they we, we tried to to stick some patches of uh, to release the pain but it was so small so they would pop up pop off or like they would stick and then pop pop and there was nothing to release but I found out that I asked my um actually I asked my the, the friend with me like touch like like uh, where my skin is not burned like just be there or I, it's not my friend actually I asked the the um, uh, someone from the ambulance like because I felt the release actually it was so much release like a human body a human sorry sorry a human uh, a person who touches another person while this person is in pain that it decreases the amount of pain that this person in pain feels that was so obvious so obvious and uh, that was one of the first things that I learned actually how much the touching, like the touch, can release the pain, can help. And therefore, I remember that after, that sometimes you're not at the hospital, they give you some, uh, before, um, before uh, in, uh, doing some uh, cares, like uh, providing cares for you, uh, painful cares, they would give you some medicine to more medicine because you are already under morphine and uh, under medicine, but they would give you some more. But sometimes they have to go and rush and they are here before the, the, the medicine actually is activated. Oh, no. And it happened. So I... So hang on, we've, jump, we've jumped forward now. We're, you're in the ambulance and now you're talking about the burn care in the hospital. Yes. So, in, yes. so in the... Let's go back to the ambulance. That's me. So, That's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're there so that's good that you're there to redirect me and uh, i'm sorry for the audience no 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 um so if we're in the ambulance you realized how powerful the touch was for the pain relief yes yes okay and they and they didn't have um pain relief in the ambulance it took it took time it took time before they, they put me under some kind of stuff and drugs. It took uh, mm. a lot of time. Yeah. And then they took me to the hospital and then I was drugged, drugged. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool, actually, to be to be drugged. I'd never been before. Um, and um, there was no pain at this point. And then they transferred me by helicopter to Toulouse, where I live. And I remember also that I was laying on the stretcher and I thought, I am nobody now. It's yeah. like because people were, they were doing their lives and uh, chatting um, above my head, like about random things. And I was in the helicopter and, you know, I'm passionate about flying. I, have, uh, I was a skydiver. I, um, I love, um, if I... Yeah, I love the sky. And I was in this helicopter. It was so surrealistic for me. But in this position, like laying, lying down and uh, with people who were well, reading the journal or chatting over your head and not, not like, but I was a patient. Like, like sometimes I, it's what I felt at the hospital sometimes also being just somebody and not only a patient because patient is some someone patience but it's someone it's like a human person and um, sometimes it felt like I was no one or 
actually that was the story I was telling myself, which was very painful and I didn't need that, but I didn't know all the things I know now. And that makes all the difference. That's why I, I do the work I do as a, as a trauma coach. So when did they tell you what, what percentage of burns did you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, something like 20%. Wow. Okay. I, I've inter- As I mentioned, I've interviewed a, a couple of burn survivors and one in particular, she was in Greece and she said that she had horrific care. She's Greek. Um, and said that she was just sort of laying there naked and she would like, they treated her like an animal, like it was just horrific. Um, mm. And she ended up begging her parents to take her to the UK for treatment, um, which mm-hmm. saved her life. Um mm-hmm. How was the care in France for burn burn victims? I think they're doing a great job. But uh, yes, when I'm talking about um, uh, sometimes feeling that you are that you are no one, I'm talking about a, a team. They were at na- a night team, and um, they were just doing their lives and talking very loudly and laughing about uh, silly things, but they would prevent us to sleep, even if it's really difficult to sleep, actually, because you have, I, I remember I have, you know, you have, because you are dehydrated, so you mm-hmm. have to re- be, to be rehydrated all the time. And therefore, uh, what comes in, then you need to, <laughs> I need to like, please, can you come with a, you know, to to go and and um, hey. and release the, the yes, P you say, <laughs> and uh, and um, and and so you so it's really difficult to to sleep, and you have these people who are who are even I remember one of one of them, but I don't want us to focus our attention on that because uh, actually there were more more amazing people than these people who wanted to like. I couldn't open the, you know, the, it was difficult for me to use my hands. I had to be radiated mm. with my hands. And uh, I couldn't open the, like, the, the pills in the, the, the and I asked, the, the, she knew that she would have to, the, the nurse, she, w- she would have to open them for me, but she would put it there and wait until I ask her, please, ma'am, would you open the pill for me, please? Like this, this she needed this uh, kind of power. Uh, of uh, the people um, and um, I know now that's like that's not about me or that's all about her that's that's just a terrible place to be to to use uh, people's de- other people's distress or uh, pain to feel good about yourself that's a terrible place to be and she was in this place but at this moment I was just thinking like I am humiliated again like that was yeah that would um, that contributed to the anger that I had being stuck in this hospital in the in during the summer during summertime. Uh, there was no <laughs> air conditioning. I know that they have changed now. This they have moved the, the service, but there was no conditioning. But the, the, it was very hot summer, and I was thinking of the people uh, of at the restaurant, like having fun and enjoying life and. And um, I was, yeah, that contributed to, to the, to some anger that I had, and um, over feelings, many, many feelings. How long were you in the hospital for? 
Uh, I said uh, one month at the hospital and mm -hmm. uh, what, the same at the re-education center, which was a very tough part that I didn't expect. Um, because, the, you know, in my job, in my previous job, I would go to hospital, but we would only release the pain. Like people would break their, their they would uh, have um, arthrosis, for example. So they have arthrosis and then they are, they are in pain and then we help them by with hip replacement and then they go, they are doing well. Um, I wasn't confronted to terrible accidents and um, amputations and things like that. I think I, at this time I wouldn't have the to uh, bared it. So I think I was in this field like on purpose, mainly arthrosis and we release the pain. But then I was, um, I went to the education center where there were people who, were, who had been amputated, who had uh, brain injuries or co uh, spin injuries, so paralyzed people and burned people. What, uh, and yes, people were burned and, um, and I, I couldn't take it. That was like, like that was uh, that was terrible. You know, when infants, it's, there's a very good care actually. I can't um, because every every year, then you can also you can go for three weeks, and uh, maybe you can do more actually. But it's 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 almost everything is paid, um, and it's uh, we call it it's some. Uh, What's uh, it's some some care where you have baths and so to to have your skin um, uh, smoother and uh, and uh, more relaxed and uh, so people who have rheumatisms or maybe problem with their skin they can go there and uh, that was advice for me to go and I went the first year and it was to it. Then I was again. I was seeing people who were burned, and I, that made the things worse. So then the psychiatrist said, "No, you don't go there anymore," because I couldn't take it. That was like too much for me to overcome. And the the, the thing is that now I I help those people actually. So we can change. So that's <laughs> a lot. When you're surrounded in the rehab and and so forth, and not so much. I know that you said that it got a bit too much for you, but what was the, it, there would have been a lot of hope and a lot of inspiration coming from patients as well in that environment, I would imagine. Yes, I, exactly. Actually, I, I made a friend there who was, um, he was uh, paralyzed, um, just the, the legs. And he had been since he was probably 40 years old and he had been since he was uh, 19 um, because he fell from uh, something uh, as he was partying and he was drunk and partying and he fell from something from, I don't remember what. And um, he, he was doing okay, but it was like, it, one part of me couldn't believe it. It's like, it, it felt like he's, Something maybe is he pretending? Is he like uh, because it was too too much of a gap for me, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, so yes, not believing is something that uh, that we should be aware of. Like when we have if you 
it's like a, a signal we should be we should we should um, be cautious about if i don't believe something uh, it doesn't mean that this is not true like you should never always say, <laughs> always think about that um and and look for the, what is true and what if i was wrong instead of thinking they are faking it or they don't understand uh, they don't know what i'm living uh, because I was into that, uh, but this prevented me from uh, from uh, healing. Actually, mm. when did Whereas that I mind? When did that mindset start to shift? Because you've talked about you were very angry, you didn't believe that other people could be positive, and now you're mm-hmm. a trauma coach and mm-hmm. help people through that. So, when did your mind shift shift to mm-hmm. a more positive setting? It shifted when I discovered coaching, when I listened to a podcast and information that I had never had before or that, uh, and then it started to make sense. And uh, that's how actually I recovered because of this, uh, of this knowledge and try and starting to apply the, the knowledge. And so I, that's how I started to, I started to recover actually, um, like understanding that the, the how the thoughts create our feelings and that uh, how we are going to confirm the thoughts that we already think because we think that the feelings confirm that the thoughts is right, but actually thoughts and all of them are always optional. And so I, I, that's, that was my way actually to, to recovery, uh, so getting getting coached, like learning about coaching, and then um, and then it, and then I became a. I decided to all the things that I had learned and uh, that I uh, understood actually how much I how I I analyzed myself how how I did create so much pain for myself, whereas all of this was avoidable thanks to the knowledge. And also thanks to awareness and thanks also to self-love. And actually, this is the, the old concept of a, of a method I work with uh, because as I certified as a life coach and now I have uh, developed my um, the, a method like very truly uh, focused on healing trauma, but it's also a way of life. The, the CAL method I'm talking about, knowledge, awareness, and uh, love. So, so what is the CAL method? Is it? knowledge awareness and love is that what it is yes this is it yes i think like to heal from uh to heal from trauma to ease the pain from trauma we need the we need specific knowledge and this knowledge is not taught at school and um and it's not complicated it's knowledge and it's not even uh, knowing about how the trauma works and how it affects the brain and the hyperactivation of the amygdala and the dysregulation of you know all we don't even need to know that but there are specific knowledge about uh how things work and how uh, facts uh, they are uh, like about the circumstances and the facts, and then the interpretation we the interpretation that we give, and how it creates our feelings and things like that. So the knowledge includes these and the beliefs that you have, and uh, so how you how y- you do create your own uh, pain. 
So we dive into knowledge and then uh, the awareness is about uh, is about uh, having this position of a, of a watcher and and uh, staying at peace most of the time as much as we can. Of course, we have the goal is not to not have any emotion. We want them, but we want we don't want to indulge in them. Uh, feeling disappointed, uh, sad, uh, all of them, uh, or feeling a, 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 an inch of anger or something, or something. It's all everything is normal. But then, what I did for for years is that I was indulging in them because I didn't know how to the, the other way. And um, but when we do that, we get away from the awareness that we need because the, as we feel bad, our vision of the world is distorted, is, is, uh, is narrowed. And, uh, and then we interpret in, the, in, a, in a bad way all the things. So no awareness. Stephanie, so, I just want to, I just want to come to like, just highlight that point. So you're saying that when we feel bad and we're focused on feeling bad, that's all mm-hmm. we focus on. So it's like the law of law of attraction in in terms of, you know, if you buy a new car, then that's all you see in the road. You always see that new car. So you're saying if you focus on that negative, you don't really see any of the positive because you only focus on the negative stuff coming your way. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Um, you can't have a clear vision of what's going on and you can't, uh, you prevent yourself from from having a bigger vision of what is it. So uh, a bigger vision, for example, is to is to go back to the facts, like uh, actually what happened instead of taking, uh, if we take my uh, the example, my example, the facts are that I went to a restaurant, uh, somebody used improperly some chemicals, there was an explosion, the uh, human body is made of flesh and uh, t- nervous um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, pain receptors, and when it's exposed to uh, to extreme heat or these kind of chemicals, it's going to be damaged and it's going to hurt. Okay, that's like okay, that's what it is. But then all the stories, the question, why did this happen to me? And because I had to leave this because of my dad, and because I had been a bad girl, because um and uh, it's all of this it's it's optional but you can see that it's optional only when you step out of the situation and have a bigger view of the situation and calm down so awareness actually the k k a l the a of it could be also acceptation instead because i created a lot of pain by arguing with what's what's happening I don't want. I don't want to be there. It shouldn't have happened. I should have this uh, beautiful body. I should. Uh, what's going to happen next? Uh, nobody will want me. Nobody will love me. And all these terrible thoughts. And uh, and uh, that was uh, um, making the situation worse. So we want to be aware, actually, or we want to know what are the the. What can what prevent the awareness and how to become more aware? And um, there are techniques and um, and uh, and actually the the being really in touch with your feeling, your your feelings and uh, knowing that they are a signal 
that tell you like when when you feel some when um, you feel a bad feeling my interpretation of a bad feeling is that a bad feeling is like the pain you feel in your body like if you put your hand to a flame the pain receptors the pain that you will feel will tell you to like stop stop doing what you're doing because you are hurting <laughs> you are hurting yourself and if you can't use your both hands you lack your you will uh, you won't have all this uh, capacity to act and it's the same with the feelings with the bad feelings when we have when we feel bad we don't make the best decisions for ourselves we may snap at somebody we like we may um, uh, do take action and do things that we regret later so we are not when we feel bad we are not our best self so a bad feeling a feeling that feels bad like anger uh, sadness so when you so you listen to your body and you feel something you're like okay I am thinking a thought because it's always a thought that is creating the feeling I am thinking a thought that is not a good thought for me to have because it prevents me because if I indulge in this feeling of where I feel bad it prevents me from being the person I like to be when I feel at peace and, and happy and I have clarity to evaluate the situation when I am empowered. So that's, um, and that's a way actually, so it comes to it, uh, that, com that takes us to love and self-love actually, because if we, if we are very, uh, if we focus our attention on how we feel and that we prevent ourselves from going like down the rabbit hole and thinking and and having all these thoughts and bad feelings and it's also loving ourselves we create a relationship where we take care of ourselves not um, believing the thoughts that your brain comes with um, randomly we don't they hurt those those thoughts are painful i wouldn't say that to a friend so why would i take those I need to care for myself so it's it's uh, so that's why I am um, this needs uh, some some uh, it's kind of new I don't know what you think what you think right now about well, the, if I'm clear first of all I, is, am I being clear yeah you're clear you're clear <laughs> I'm not saying anything because um, I wanted you to get the, the thought the thought out <laughs> <laughs> what made you want to go into the the trauma coaching side of things why did you not just say okay I've got my my own health that I need to uh, recover and then move mm. back into the biomedical rep stuff no way no way it couldn't it, it, uh, it was impossible for me to go through what I had been through for um, just like doing like if, if nothing had ever happened that has happened and that was really strong and I have scars all over my body that reminds me what happened but it's not negative I take it as a positive message like this is what you've been through you haven't dreamt sometimes I think was it was it uh, this this really happened yes it has and I have learned so many things and um, that's the story that I um, 
it's that's a story, of course. It's not, I don't know if it's, it's true, but that's the meaning. It's because we need to give a meaning to all these things. Otherwise, so the meaning I give is that uh, I had to go through this to heal also past traumas probably and answers, answers the question that I had. I was hypersensitive. I am not anymore. And I had to go through this and I want to help others with the knowledge that I have. And, I, and because I know, and I think it is so unfair for some people who have lived a trauma, they have been, um, they have gone, they haven't, we haven't chosen to go through that, but then to make the, the, to not turn it into something positive because things will always happen. Terrible things will always happen. But as we, uh, as we don't transform it and as we perpetuate anger or guilt or whatever feeling, terrible feeling, we are not being the best of ourselves. And I think it is too much suffering. So my goal is to release, um, to help people not stop suffering and, and uh, be even um, happier and also it's called I would say I don't know if you have well you um, you know the post-traumatic growth actually we mm. there was some uh, some times where I felt like oh okay this is something that I learned but then it's like not sustainable because uh, because we we are humans and then if we don't know how the things work we we come back like being crazy again because I remember um, that I would judge myself being kind of crazy, like going like there, there, there before the accident, like being so. And then you learn all, all these things and you go for so much pain. And then you end up being crazy again, kind of like going fast, fast, fast. And it's like, what? Didn't I, didn't I learn anything? And, uh, and so knowing how things work, I think it really helps. And I have, um, I just want to add something because I've never talked about this woman before in a, on, a, on a podcast. I, have, um, I will always remember this uh, young woman who was uh, sitting every morning when I was going to this, uh, you know, the, the, the care for three weeks every year. So I went just once, but every morning there was this young woman, I guess she was 18 and she had long hair covering, she was sitting in front of her at the entrance alone and with some music in her head and she was covering her face um, like with a posture of shame and she was, because she was, uh, she had been burned, she, had, she was disfigured. And the pain that I felt when I saw, that's why I couldn't take it because I was not equipped and now I can because I know I can help her and I want to help her. I don't want her. I don't want her to have like this double uh, pain because that's so unfair. No, unacceptable uh, unaccept to me. <laughs> Did you develop the the Carl the KAL method? Mm -hmm. You did. You did develop yes. it. Yes. 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 Right. So way to frame it because most of us we we. Sometimes, you know, techniques are very focused on uh, body, uh, you know, the body-mind connection. So I would say that in my, my, uh, my uh, the CAL method, this is the awareness part, uh, because I use, uh, it's a mix of, of uh, tools, actually, the, the CAL method. And, the, and sometimes uh, we are more into the cognitive, but not using the body. And the, the self-love part is not, is, um, 
um, I put it this way because I, I use these specific tools about the feelings and how we we self-love is, is the most important actually because we need ourselves. So yes, it's a it's a, the way I organized it in my mind and it helps me so well. So when I identify that, oh, I'm going off track. Oh, what is what is going on here? Oh, I'm not loving myself when I'm thinking that. So, oh, is it lack of awareness? Yeah, I'm tired actually. So of course that's like, oh, everything can happen when you're tired, when you are feeling low, when, uh, so as I said, there are triggers or circumstances that can uh, prevent you from being aware. And we need to know that. So that's, I, yeah, I put it this way. <laughs> Why did you write your book? And is it going oh, to be published in English? I hope so. Yeah, I hope that this, it will be translated. We have tried to do it with a friend and we realized that at the rhythm we were doing it, uh, we would need 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so we laughed about that. Anyway, uh, so the book is in French and uh, actually this book, I think it, it, uh, it, it, this is more than a book because it helped me stay alive actually. Because I wrote this book while I was recovering and uh, during all these years, and um, and it, I just released it, and it's uh, it's it's based on my experience, but it's also a novel, so it's really it's present for readers to read. Um, and uh, there were, you know, it was like a, a space during this hard time that I was having by myself, and uh, that was like a, a, a space of 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 uh, release and like nothing exists i'm just in in the past maybe or, or in my imagination and making myself smile sometime until oh reality is coming back like oh i am in this government and and, and i'm burned and all the the, the the terrible thoughts that i had but um yeah i love this book actually <laughs> Stephanie, plug your book. What is your book called and how can people find you for your coaching services? Mm. So my book is called Un jour demain s'arrêtera, which means, uh, let's say, one day one day tomorrow will end. And uh, it's um, it's uh, we can find it on Amazon. And also about my coaching, I can be found at uh, stephanieromeo.com. And there's a guide about the CAL method that uh, people can download or schedule an appointment with me, a free appointment. To, and you do coaching in English as well. <laughs> yes, I do. And for those that are listening, um, Stephanie was concerned about doing a podcast for around an hour um, in English <laughs> because she's like, I'm going to get tired and forget my words, but you've done perfectly. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for your time. And uh, thank you for sharing what you've learned through your, uh, through your journey. Thank you very much for having me, Fiona. Thank you. Thanks for taking a moment to listen, everyone. We hope this episode inspired you as much as it did us. If you know somebody who also needs a little inspiration, then please share this podcast with them. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your fave podcast app and rate and review us because that helps inspire us to keep making them. Bye.